familjen som jag aldrig fick Men skulle förstås behöva Det blev sedd och bekräftad Fick komma till tals Jag växte bland blinda och döva Din mamma berättar om allt som ni gjort Hur ni lekte kurra gömma Hon har pyssel du gjort när du var fyra år Men min barndom vill jag helst glömma Men trots att du haft det så äckligt bra to episode 34 of the Musician's Journey podcast. We are listening to Ecklikt Bra, which is Swedish and means disgustingly good, written, played and sung by today's guest Nina Grigorieva. One of my sisters suggested I get in touch with Nina and it turns out that she lives very close to me here in Stockholm, so she came over one day to record this interview with me. See the show notes for the names of the music excerpts. My name is Ragnhild Vesenberg and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Would you like to introduce yourself and say where you're from and what you do? Yeah. <laughs> You know, this is uh, every musician's uh, nightmare yeah. because uh, you're always like uh, preparing some selling pitch or something like unique selling point that you have always explained what you do. And that, that's an uh, annoying thing about music is that you have to listen to it to understand and uh, to explain it. Well, who am I? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm Nina. I'm Nina. I'm a female musician and uh, born and raised in St. Petersburg, but now uh, living in Stockholm with lots of uh, years of education in different fields of music and uh, also traveled a lot and played and lived in different countries. So, so I have like uh, mixed uh, experiences with music. So you could call me like multi-instrumentalist. When I like something, I just do it. Even if it's instrument I never hold before. I I, uh, I am always curious about that. So I might not be this nerdy introvert musician who sits in, in the chamber and practice uh, scales. I'm the one you find in the... Like in the bushes playing yeah. <laughs> weird tunes or somewhere like in, in the, the group of many people like jamming or improvising or yeah. But it's, it's also difficult to talk about uh, or introduce myself now because two years of COVID made me look different on my musical career and I was forced to be solo musician and I was forced to write my own music. Well, I always wanted it, but now I didn't have a, a choice actually because, uh, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> you can play so, with other musicians for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So. 
Yeah, so you have an EP? Yeah, exactly. I released my uh, first singer and songwriter EP in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very big. Like a it's big really... step for me. Yeah. Uh, especially because of COVID, but also before that, it's kind of um, hit me how fun it is and creative and uh, that I, I want to say so much. Mm. <laughs> and playing others' music, it <clears throat> it's also great, but it's something different. Creating own uh, art is kind of uh, different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> When you sing other people's songs, which I, I know you do in some kind of folk music settings. Yes. You sing old workers' songs. Or yes. Do you relate to these old texts? Sometimes I do. What's good to mention is that my background started as a wind musician. I forgot to say what I actually do in my life when I presented myself. Uh, I started as a recorder and bassoon player. Uh, so I, I've always been listening to sounds and from the beginning to melodies and bass lines more than lyrics or, or the, the attitude or the, the, the special moods of creating sounds it kind of it came later in my life so I, I started uh, like I started with early music specifically medieval Renaissance and baroque music on recorder and then I went into classical music with uh, playing bassoon and studying and uh, working with different orchestras and then I also studied like historical woodwinds and different kind of um, reed instruments, double reed like uh, dulcians and some weird <laughs> bassoons and then also I've discovered harp and played harp for a long time and still playing and uh, that instrument uh, it's, it's like a special topic for me but folk harp and historical harps, not the pedal one. And uh, singing is something I've always been doing, but uh, now I feel really like I can express myself. Like it took time to, I don't know, to, to be relaxed with my own voice and actually trust in myself that I, I can sing. Mm. <laughs> Instruments has always been so easy because it's easier to hide yourself yeah. behind the instrument yeah. and it's easier to like, oh it's not me, I'm just playing the tune of this composer or oh I'm singing this song and of this person. It's like not so, especially with instruments, it's not personal in the same way. Well, it's st still Sorry, now I'm <laughs> just uh, so many thoughts. It's yeah. very, very hard to to pick right words to explain what I want to say. <laughs> but I can relate so much to what you're saying about because I play the cello, yeah. so I actually hide behind this thing, mm. or I guess I, I don't have to say I hide behind it, but it feels very safe. Yes, with this instrument in front of me. Yeah. And singing is a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. But these two weeks now, 
I signed up for a voice activation challenge mm. from Kim Godraj. So every day I receive a video. It's 15-20 minutes long with a new topic every day and it's uh, it goes forward very gently and uh, yeah, it's uh, fascinating. So I, I would like to feel more more in touch with my voice and more confident with my voice. Yeah. And yesterday I even went to a breath work session. Mm. So I feel like in my, I'm in a time of uh, starting. Yeah, and it Expression. takes time. It takes time. And it took like many years for me. Yeah. But now I'm sitting here and I'm so comfortable with singing and with expressing myself. And, at, and also... You know, it's like like something I've been growing inside me like for many years, and it's also with singing. I think the subject or or the the need of expression with voice it has to like it has to burn. It has to be so important. I think that the the best art and the best music this is not only about the voice it's about expressing yourself as artists the the best the best uh, result you get is when when the the subject you are uh, making music about or playing music about is so important that you that you have to say it otherwise it feels like uh, like you you will die or you will it's it's so important it's like burning I had that feeling with my EP, like it. I have really to do this, otherwise I don't know what will happen. It felt so important for me in in different ways. It's so it the the songs I'm writing now. It's both like uh, therapeutical for myself, like a healing process, writing about uh, uh, difficult thoughts and traumas and. Uh, Problems I've been working with and uh, problems in society or within relationships, like it's it's healing, but it's also I want uh, people to hear it and maybe to recognize themselves in my lyrics and like okay, I'm not I'm not so weird as I thought I. I, uh, there is someone else feeling the same feelings as me and and uh, for me it was like when I had some hard time in my life I searched after music and poetry where I could feel myself less alone with the with the pain or struggle in life and uh, I found a lot uh, it was like uh, discovering lots of new music and Stepping into the world of uh, completely uh, new genres, and uh, but still, there is so much else we can write about and we can sing and play about. And uh, because I, I am, uh, I like, um, I haven't found exactly what I seeked. I thought I can write it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that was also like a little uh, a push for me like okay there is a lot of things to write about and uh, someone has to do it and I really uh, I really have to write about this yeah ah. Ah. Um, yes 
so many people who go through this musical education who at some point reaches this same conclusion. Mm. Oh, I thought I was on this track and now suddenly something opens Mm. and actually I have to make a choice as to where to go now. Yeah. And what matters to me and what it means to be a musician. And I think the key to... um, I hate the word success. When I say success, I don't mean like success, being famous or earning lots of money. I mean success for me is feeling good about yourself creating music and success means also that you actually you can pay the rent and you have some extras if you don't want to take the the concert opportunity you don't like but uh, it it's it's not about the amount of money it's about the 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 feeling of being safe kind of yeah. But but my point is that the key to success is it's I think it's being curious, and it's like non-judging point of view where you can play it's playful. Actually, what you are doing it's great. Just talking to different musicians and asking questions about uh, how they their way to look uh, on things. I think it's it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and, I think curiosity is so important for artists to not stop being curious about things and, and continuing explore and like not judging. I remember my early years in classical music. That's actually I feel sorry about it, but it was very judgeful uh, to other in how to say environment. Yeah, exactly. And also, I was playing folk music uh, already then, when I when I studied bassoon and when I had my first orchestral jobs. And uh, I I could see that people was uh, a bit uh, provocated by me doing something else and not fitting in into this box of classical musician like I had. The, weird clothes or I I um, the environment is also um, a bit uh, male dominated and being a young female musician uh, around older men <laughs> sometimes can be hard especially when you are a bit different and uh, that that's the thing about lots of um, lots of music genres where you have to fit in especially like a structure of an orchestra or a bigger group that you are a part of and you you are creating something together but you are not supposed to be individual that's what i found difficult in the end and uh, that's why i chose to continue my path with folk music and uh, world music and alternative music and uh, yeah pop and whatever because uh, there I could be more accepted as individual I think I mean I had nice very nice colleagues and I am so thankful for my years in classical music and I don't want to judge anyone 
either. It's it's just uh, that um, I understood that there is something else in life for me, like writing own poetry and writing own songs. It, it's kind of I I found myself somewhere. But you know, when you invest your time, your youth, to something, like my first years as a teenager and young adult, I invested them in sitting in, in my practice room and, and uh, learning a very complicated instrument. And, and it, it is important years. It's, and uh, I, I can sometimes feel a little bit of pain thinking that I actually throwed away uh, my life, my career as a bassoon player or as a early musician, as orchestral musician, uh, just because of uh, the time I put in and the effort. But still, I'm also thankful and this combination of uh, like, uh, oh, I, I now I know how it feels. To, to be successful in one field. Now I now I'm doing something else, and I'm. It's new. It's uh, uh, interesting. I'm very curious. I don't know what it will be, but if I haven't tried being a part of an orchestra, for example, I I might still how to say. Now I can leave it because I know how it feels. And yeah. uh, before I didn't knew, so so it it was uh, something I want to try. But time flies, and uh, I wish everyone, to everyone, to just uh, take time and take moments in your life when you turn inwards and ask yourself, is this what I really want to do? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And what, what are the expectations of uh, society or teachers or, or whatever? And what are my own thoughts, my inner thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Can you point to a specific moment when something changed for you? What made something change? Oh, good question. Why are you not still playing bassoon in an orchestra? Um... I was looking forward to play with uh, some people, people who has been my 
idols has been my teachers uh, and their style of playing I still adore I love how they express themselves on the instruments and my dream was playing with them and being a part of their orchestra or their ensemble and uh, uh, playing uh, specific pieces of music or composers I really dreamed about and uh, that happened at some point um, I've got asked to be a part of projects uh, I was dreaming about and it was fun and it was great but in my head I thought it would be different I don't know it's just like I felt like uh, I reached some point where I was uh, ready. I don't know, it, it was like, uh, oh, okay, is this what I have to do the rest of my life? Do I want to do this the rest of my life? I achieved all my goals I was looking forward to and it wasn't as fun as I expected it to be, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then also I, I um, was in the point of life where... Uh, I had already children of my daughter and uh, I spent a lot of time traveling and playing and uh, I feel like I I, um, lost time with her like she she's growing so quickly and uh, I thought that all the traveling I could continue my career in in the south of Sweden or in it might be in Denmark or Germany but then I have to move there to make my like family life private life fit to to puzzle my life together I don't know and uh, my ex-husband wanted to stay in Stockholm and in Stockholm I I, uh, I didn't have so much job as south of Sweden and uh, Denmark and so uh, I was like um, questioning my life what is important for me and then I at some point I just uh, how to say I crushed no Mm. I I, um, hit the wall I hit the wall yes and I got depressed and then uh, even more questioning started when I said no to some jobs and I was um, considering how is it saying no to something because I've all been, always, I always said yes to every concert. <laughs> and now I started to say no and they were like, oh, it's, it's, it's different, it feels different. I can choose, I can decide, I can be... I can be the boss of my own life, you know. It's funny feeling. I was it before also, but now I really realize that I, I can do what I want. But what do I want? And who am I? And, uh, and years, so many years of rushing into new projects and traveling and educating and like uh, I had um, the the moment where you sit down and quiet think about your life I I don't remember I cannot uh, recall if I ever had one of those you know mm. now I have lots of those <laughs> <laughs> and especially Covid uh, made uh, me force me to have the more of those moments but uh, anyway that was an, a new start new era <laughs> for me kind of yeah. 
and I remember that I was questioning uh, at some point. I want to play music, but should I do it professional or should I do it more for fun? And what what is uh, the line between being professional and mm-hmm. not being that? So uh, I was reconsidering and thinking and uh, not playing so much for maybe a year. And then I, I went to a concert with folk music and uh, I realized that the, the way folk musicians approach playing together and uh, creating music, the warmth and the wholeness... <laughs> In, in that genre they, they was playing and, and then when they had a break everyone was so supportive and hugging and like yeah you did so well and it was such a nice atmosphere it felt so including and somewhere there I, I've decided that uh, start trying more something new more like folk music so you have a duo eh? yes exactly yeah where you are singing and playing the harp? Yes. Yeah. What do you call the harp? The harp I use in that project is a bohemian harp, folk harp. So it's German style and it's one of my favorite instruments because it creates so much volume and but it's mm. a tiny body and yeah, it's a very nice instrument. So it's a bohemian harp. Um, in that project. And then uh, Nyckelharpa. Johan plays Nyckelharpa. And there is a trio? Yes, there is a trio also. Um, and we are more project-based. Like we we have a, um, a topic we want to explore. For example, work music, arbetsmusik. And, and that we have been doing for a while. It started with a school project uh, Royal College of Music in Stockholm we did a big project with uh, we was 12 people studying all the recordings and uh, arranging existing folklore tunes which are about working or uh, the tunes that was sung um, at the same time people worked to coordinate movements or to you know the the feeling of we're doing this together it's it yes. was important it's still important <laughs> did yeah. you record those songs yes uh, exactly uh, well uh, KMH did the recording the music school yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh, but we as a trio we haven't released any music yet and uh, we'll see mm-hmm. what will happen Probably we will continue to play uh, the repertoire we did earlier. Now it's it's so difficult to know what will happen because uh, after COVID there is like a, a, a new way of thinking about music and lots of small scenes are uh, bankrupt. Then <laughs> yeah. the it's very expensive to hire a location, so like a small theater in Stockholm. And if you can't pay the rain, rent, then uh, it will be something else. So everything is starting right now. And the, the, the scenes, the festivals, it's like uh, coming alive from a long break. So we'll see what happened and which ensembles I 
can perform with and what is possible. Uh, but uh, both Kviga and Våtmark are my active groups. Mm. Våtmark is uh, a duo with the Sandra where we perform dirty songs. Yeah. <laughs> Traditional dirty songs. Yeah. And we collect them from friends from uh, other women because it is uh, what is called in English mouth to mouth <laughs> tradition. Mm. There is some recordings of old dirty songs but not many people were so shy and especially when Swedish radio was uh, touring and recording uh, and and all these old uh, ladies and uh, old uh, people was they felt so much respect for for Swedish radio so they uh, they sang some dirty songs but not not the lyrics which was really dirty no. because uh, that we don't know <laughs> they still was shy so they picked I think I don't know I have the feeling that uh, but w- we are collecting some material and uh, playing with that the arranging and yeah. touring and it's lots of fun yeah started like that. I moved to Sweden together with my mom and my brother. And my mom married to a person who was living here. It was complicated. Uh, and it was not sure if we will stay or go back to St. Petersburg. So some hard times. Uh, I expressed myself mostly through uh, painting. And uh, I was writing also poems at that time and poetry. I remember I have some books left. And at some point I got obsessed about playing flute. I don't know, I just wanted it so much. And uh, this thought could not leave me. Like, I really want to play flute. And mm. my mom was explaining to me that it's not the right time now. It we was living in some uh, stöd boende, social boende, like a place for people who might, uh, who have problems and might go back to 
the country they come from. Uh, but I, I was like very eager about that. I want to play flute. <laughs> how, how old were you? I was, uh, I don't remember, maybe 13, 14 or something. Yeah. And you knew uh, which type of flute as well? No. No, just just a flute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the funny thing, I uh, I was spending lots of time in the woods, picking mushrooms and swimming in the lake and uh, uh, enjoying nature. And, and uh, once I went to the lake together with my mom and I, I saw uh, someone on the other side of the lake swimming naked. And I said with loud voice to my mom in Russian, look, there's someone's naked butt in the water. <laughs> and uh, like the seconds later, this person came to our place. And uh, it was an older man who actually was playing flute, who was jazz musician from the beginning, but uh, played recorder um, early music. He came to you naked yeah. and played flute? <laughs> no, he he was not naked anymore. He had clothes on. But <laughs> but he came and he was like, who is talking Russian in my vo- woods? And we, I was like, oh, ah. wow. And <laughs> we start talking. He, he was original from Moscow. And uh, he was a musician and uh, he had some problems with his health. So he kind of asked, I would really like someone to uh, help me cleaning uh, because he was old and um, pain in the in the back, some health issues. And then I, I came up with the idea, if I clean at your place, can you, can you teach me some flute, some recorder? And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we could do that. So I came like a week after and uh, to his place and he gave me a plastic recorder mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he showed me how to hold it. Actually, he showed me wrong because I've, uh, <laughs> I've started playing with the left hand is instead of right hand. It's uh, wrong order. Of, ah. uh, it was very funny. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't matter, matter at that point. So uh, I've got this recorder and I cleaned his apartment. I'm not very good at cleaning, so... <laughs> but he was okay with that, you know. And I went home and I started practicing and I was in love with playing music. And my mom came out from the room and said, like, now I have a headache. Please, can you stop? Because I couldn't stop. I was just playing, playing, playing. And after one week, I went to Gamla Stan. And I I just started busking, you know, playing flute. And I earned, uh, in my eyes, lots of money back then. Because I was very... I was, like, small and cute and... Was not especially a good recorder player at that point, but people still uh, want to give me money. <laughs> that, was, that was so nice. I, I have some memories of people who worked in a cafe. I was nearby playing. Um, they went out and I thought that they will uh, chase me off or how to say it. So, like, stop playing, you are disturbing our customers. Mm-hmm. But they was not doing that. They came out and gave me a hot cu- cup of hot chocolate. Oh. I was like, you are staying here in the cold and playing flute. <laughs> Drink some hot chocolate. And <laughs> Everyone was so 
nice. I don't know. So first time I understood that I could make a living out of it. <laughs> no. no, I don't know. And you, and you still had your plastic recorder? Plastic, plastic recorder, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was pretty brave of a teenager to just decide to go out and do some busking. I don't yeah. think I would have had that type of courage or or even uh, idea when yeah. I just started playing. Was it your own idea? My own idea. Yeah. I was brave at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to actually. The the um, it it was really hard times for my family, not knowing, uh, not being safe, not knowing where we are gonna sleep, like mm. uh, next night or. We we've got lots of help from both friends and uh, social tjänsten, yeah. <laughs> social help in St- Stockholm. So well, I've, we started building a new life in Stockholm in Sweden. Actually, outside Stockholm in uh, Värmdö, Gustavsberg, and uh, it was lots of effort actually to learn Swedish and to try to fit in, and then. Uh, like uh, over a day we might be forced to leave Sweden and move back to St. Petersburg mm. and oh yeah it's hard for a teenager so the music was kind of verkligen um, flykt how do escape from escape reality. exactly escape from reality like mm. uh, my own little world I, I could be in where I felt safe where I felt uh, that I was important and uh, I made my voice here yeah. through music because uh, I couldn't do it so well with my bad Swedish you know <laughs> well at that point I talked good Swedish already but you understand what I mean yeah. it was easier to uh, to handle the language of music then Mm. Something else at that point. with a plastic recorder and yes then, uh, how, this is such an exciting story so how long did you clean for this old man many years in return for lessons all the time yes wow i was his uh, only pupil and he had some big plans for me oh but he was also a very special person very um, demanding can you say uh-huh. so yeah yes in the russian tradition of teaching music exactly yeah Yes, um, and then when I started to play with other people and I found uh, other teachers, other people who inspired me, 
no other people to look up to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he couldn't really accept that. So uh, I start to, to grow away from him and his uh, style of teaching and his uh, way of creating music. And uh, I found new ways, new people, new... Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> you stayed in Stockholm. You didn't have to go back. We stayed in Stockholm, yes. Yeah. So you found a different teacher? Yes. Exactly. Did you go to Kulturskolan, the culture yes. school? Yes, Yeah. exactly. And still recorder? Or when did you change to bassoon? Or add bassoon, I should say. Um, I asked uh, some friends uh, and also my teachers. I, I told them that I want music to be my main source of income. Mm. I, I really wanted to be a full-time musician. And uh, I knew that uh, early music and recorder, it's not easy. And uh, there is not so much. It's it's hard to do that in Sweden. So uh, I asked, which instrument can you recommend? Uh, I still want to be a woodwind musician. but And they, then I got two suggestions, like oboe and bassoon. Hmm. And then I went to Kulturskolan and uh, said, I want to play bassoon. Yeah. <laughs> and they were shocked. Ah. Because nobody has been asking them about <laughs> no. bassoon for many years. And ah. uh, it was so unusual and especially for a young female, like uh, mm. bassoon is it's a big and uh, demanding instrument. Yeah. Hard to play. <laughs> But they found a teacher who was uh, working in at Philharmonical Orchestra, Philharmonie, mm. at that time. Uh, so I've got really good bassoon teacher, mm. and I start playing. Yeah, and I enjoyed it a lot. But I left everything. I, I. It's kind of uh, hard to talk about that times. It's, uh, mm. It was a long time ago, but it's still so present in the moment. I can, I remember so clear the first time I opened my bassoon case or the first time I got my plastic recorder. And uh, I feel things happening inside me when I think about it. Mm. And also I worked so hard or I was kind of forced to realize that it's not about the instrument, it's about yourself, what you want to tell with your music. And the instrument is just a tool. It's a, mm. it's a tool of expressing feelings. And, uh, and uh, my tools at that time was recorder and bassoon. But uh, now I have other tools and I have uh, other instruments. I use my voice. I might be a part of performance or whatever, dancing, painting, theater, everything is tools for expressing that uh, what is interesting, it's it's you behind your instrument or it's uh, your inner feelings and thoughts. That's what actually can move mm. other people. Because the, the, the attitude of 
classical musician like you you become your instrument you are an instrument you you even you call yourself oh i am a you are a violinist i am a violin player mm-hmm. not i am a musician i am a violin player i am mm-hmm. a bassoon player like i said before i am so much more than that everyone is so much more we are musicians and artists and uh, there is so many ways of playing music and working together and uh, yeah so so uh, at my young age i was my instrument was my life yes mm. and music was my life and now i feel much more freedom in expressing myself i feel also that if i don't have instruments i can do something else it's still about uh, expression and affect uh, like uh, Yeah. <laughs> There's many musicians talking about, oh, what happened if you lose your arms or something? Yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> well, if I lose my arms, I can write poetry or, you know, yeah. play with my legs. It still will be me and my music. And it's, mm. it's not... The... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> and what do you see now for the foreseeable future are you performing in Stockholm or are you gonna tour or participate in festivals record some more music everything everything yes everything <laughs> uh, I want to continue being creative and even if Covid is soon over I hope I want still create new music all the time but I also want to play the music I have created in these uh, latest uh, years here. Uh, so I have so much material I want people to hear and uh, travel and I have some concerts planned, not as much as I wanted, but uh, soon I will have more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's things are happening slowly uh, mm. after this pandemic. The, I have very positive attitude to future anyway and uh, I I'm curious about what will happen but as a freelance musician you you have to be your own boss you have to create your own stuff your own concerts it's uh, always being in touch with people and uh, lots of administration you know uh, and applying for money from government and uh, collaborating and uh, search for scholarships and uh, so to be a freelance musician today it's different from being freelance musician <laughs> for 10 years ago now uh, with the social media and everything you yeah, you're expected to be much more like entrepreneur and uh, so so i'm creating myself kind of mm. my brand i don't know if i have a brand but it's only me but still it's uh, not only creating music and playing concerts it's, i spend lots of time sitting and uh, feeling in some boring forms <laughs> yeah but it might change we'll see what happens i want to use as much time as possible for playing just now mm. can you play at home yes and no yeah Uh, this depends on which instrument I use. Uh, but now I have a Egen Lokal, my own uh, practice room. 
and then I I have um, access to a studio also, uh, so I am free to do what I want. Mm. <laughs> it's fantastic, and I love my work. I love being a musician, and I I don't want to do anything else. But I I have to admit that it would feel much more safe and I would create, I would be much more in peace if I knew that I can pay my rents, you know, in in my future. And you never know as a freelance musician and uh, you are not guaranteed anything. Mm -hmm. I realized it uh, even more when the pandemic came that uh, all my jobs suddenly was cancelled and uh, I was sitting there and uh, thinking of uh, what what to do next. Shocked <laughs> completely. What did you do next? Uh, well, I settled down and wrote poetry and music for one year actually. Um, and uh, the first pandemic summer I worked at uh, Lager. This food, storage? Food storage, yes. Mm-hmm. It was uh, also after <coughs> my um, divorce. And uh, there was so much happening already. Mm-hmm. And uh, all shows cancelled. And I was like, okay, I have to do something. Yeah, food storage. <laughs> food storage, yes. yes. Can you share what your income streams are as a musician? This summer has been mainly Svenska kyrkan. Oh. Swedish church. Okay. Um, so I have been playing at uh, like summer concerts where I've been mixing both harp and flute and singing. Now I still have some concerts in Swedish church, but uh, also at other places there have been some smaller folk festivals coming up and... Uh, uh, some uh, private like weddings and uh, yeah, I don't right now. I I don't have so, so much income, but uh, yeah. Do you teach? I've been doing that earlier. Now I don't teach because teaching is I love it, but it still takes time from being a freelance like yeah. composing and practicing. So I want to wait with that a little bit mm. and see how everything turns out yeah but i love teaching so i will do it before or later yeah i'm also <laughs> realizing because this year i've been exploring all kinds of different things and i am coming to the point where i realize yeah it makes sense that the musicians i know and see around me they focus on a few things that Mm. they spend their time on Mm. and I'm in some kind of transitional period and I'm looking forward to coming to that place where I know what I'm spending my time on Mm. so I have been arranging some cello uh, some cello parts to prepare for possible wedding gigs with a couple of other people Mm. and I have been teaching a little bit privately Mm. and I just submitted a video recording as the first round of an orchestral edition, which mm. was this this uh, last weekend. And this evening I have my first shift as a cello teacher in 
Kulturama for um, mm-hmm. adults. Wow. So there will be some individual lessons and some group lessons mm. tonight. First first shift. And I was uh, informed about this two days ago. Mm. And I never taught groups before, but they're small groups. It will be fine. And I just feel I'm spreading myself thin, having mm. all of these different things, uh, including, of course, my own personal practice, which is always there. Yes. And I could spend most of the day only on my own practice. Mm. Or, um, yeah, I could spend most of the day on, on any one of these things. And, of course, I have my band as well. So, yeah, I'm trying to not get too stressed about all of these things and I'm making a podcast and <laughs> mm. and I'm hoping there will be a time next year I guess where I know when I get up in the morning okay I have my two things mm. that I'm focusing on and mm. really submerging myself in yeah but for now I'm all over the place and I'm enjoying it it's mm. a there's a time for everything Oh, I I I've been thinking the same same as you, and uh, I waited a long time to for myself to settle down with two projects or two, but you know it's it's messy. Yeah. And I've been trying so much to to make my schedule clear or know exactly what I will do next week, but it's always new stuff coming up and. And it's so interesting, and so everything is so fun, and everything is uh, important somehow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it is hard to 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 pick okay. and and to stay with only two groups or two yeah. projects, two subjects. It's, it's <laughs> so hard. Okay. Oh okay. So I should just get used to having to cut a session short. You know, I, yeah. I start something yeah. and I feel like oh, I can do this this whole yeah. afternoon, but then I have to just cut it and decide to spend the rest of the afternoon on this other thing. I just have to get used to that. I don't know, because sometimes if you if you have flow, because you're a creative person and, mm. and you um, you get to that moment where, where you are only in that project, like... All of you are completely in something, creating something. Then it might be wrong to just stop and do something else, right. because maybe it depends on how you work. But maybe you have to sit the whole day and do one thing. For me, it it is like that. Or, mm. or maybe when you think you are procrastinating from something very important, maybe you are actually doing what you are supposed to do mm, yeah. uh, and that thing that you're procrastinating from is not so important as uh, in the end turns right. out so uh, I think it's just listening to to your uh, mm. and not judging the, the the problem starts when you're when people in general are judging themselves so like no I haven't done this thing and I'm a bad human and uh, like the, the the expectations are so high on what you what you especially if you're your own boss you could be very hard to yourself and mm. um, my my suggestion is to just not judge and like oh now it turned out I played the whole day on this piece and actually I should practice on that but uh, now it's okay <laughs> yeah I don't know 
yeah, yesterday when I felt the burden of all the things that I want to spend time on or should spend time on, mm. I decided to clean my flat. Wow. And it was the right decision. Yes. Even though I spent the best part of the day, like the morning. Yeah. But it was just so enjoyable to clean the kitchen, the bathroom, to hoover, to make everything nice and tidy mm. and fresh. And then I finally sat down with my cello and mm. I, f- I felt mm. this peace mm. in the flat. But it can be hard to actually decide to do something that isn't directly linked to building a career or making money. But when you are cleaning and tidying up, you might be doing work uh, you're not aware of. Like your brain might mm. be recovering or yeah. it's actually cleaning itself somehow also. Yeah. And, and some new ideas because it is relaxing to do something which is not requires uh, complete like yeah. I don't know you flow is everywhere you can find floor or came in some trance feeling even doing dishes and I think everything is good because when you're a creative person you need I think the brain needs to restart my best tunes I've wrote they're always coming from from when I was up um, in the mountains and then I came home and I picked my harp. I, ha- I haven't been playing on my harp in two weeks. And then it just came. It's, yeah. It was like, uh, you know, it's uh, inspiration and all this relaxation made me creative. I needed that. Yeah. Would you just like to say where we can listen to your music or see your performances? I have my music on big social platforms, like everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, um, YouTube. Uh, It's different uh, music because I am a part of different projects. So my latest EP is where I appear as a singer and songwriter. I accompany myself with harp and I am singing in this um, kind of uh, indie pop style. Not really, but you get my point. And then I have some recordings uh, with air, like a full CD, uh, where we like create magical worlds with uh, sounds, landscapes, it's it's more like, um, yeah, it's instrumental music mainly, composed by ourselves, like contemporary folk music. Mm. Um, that's also on Spotify. And, and then with Watmark, we are going to release music pretty soon. But we are on YouTube, we have lots of uh, stuff on Facebook also, a calendar, a Christmas calendar with uh, oh, dirty songs. And, nice. Uh, it's actually funny, uh, very uh, spontaneous and not so prestige. Oh. You know, it's just, just <laughs> we're sitting in a room laughing and doing some weird stuff, it's so funny. And then uh, some folk music projects with bigger groups also are available online and uh, some even some early music stuff still, like Duo Fabula, my Duo project. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there is music online. Uh, my homepage is uh, ninamusiker.com. Uh, so sometimes I, I refresh it and put some new information. And it's... Uh, I've... Try to link 
everywhere what I'm doing, but it's it's hard because I'm doing so many different things. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It, there will be some shows coming up very soon. Yeah. Uh, are you making cassettes and CDs, and are you on that train as well? I have some boxes with CDs I've made at home. <laughs> I really like to sell them because uh, I am taking them to my gigs and where I can sell them actually. That's yeah. uh, that's a good thing about mm-hmm. live gigs because people are supporting musicians and buying um, CDs. But uh, cassettes and uh, like merch or vinyl that I'm I'm not uh, doing that. We'll see if I will do that in in the future. But uh, some merch might be fun to do. Uh, I've been planning to release my EP on uh, postcards with artwork. Uh, But then uh, so much things came up. So I haven't done it yet. But I have some ideas. Uh, Also with my uh, group Våtmark. Do with folklore dirty songs we want to do like condoms as merch and (laughs) (laughs) some other funny ideas we'll see what happens listening see the show notes for a link to nina's website and votmark's facebook page where you can scroll down to december 2019 for a swedish dirty song every day until christmas mm-hmm.
at the time of recording this I have just started preparing to make some kind of an advent calendar and I don't know how it will be yet but stay tuned maybe on December 1st there will be a Christmas song there that you haven't heard before uh, it's a bit of a stunt. I was so inspired to see Botmark's Christmas calendar on Facebook and I felt like doing something in the same spirit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, it's not too late actually if you're hearing this before mid-December <laughs> and you have a Christmas song or you know uh, someone who has a Christmas song, feel free to suggest it to me and you can have it played here. Yeah, have a lovely dark winter time and if you have any comments to me my email address is in the show notes and you can find this podcast on instagram thank you so much for coming here thank you ah, nice